listening to the Embassy Church Podcast. And here is today's message. How many times that we have to remind ourselves who He is. Sometimes we get so focused on what's right in front of us or so focused on the circumstance or the, the issue in front of us that we forget who he is and we remind ourselves. The Bible says many times that they encouraged themselves in the Lord, that it's not about what I can do or what my strengths or what right in front of me, but it's about who he is, the God who, who sees me, the God who delivers me, the, the God who hears me, the God who walks with me. That is who he is. That is who he is. You can be seated. I, I think it's so amazing, this song, that we're singing it today because it's exactly along the same lines as what I want to talk to you about this morning. So, Father God, we just, we love you. We love everything that you are and who you are to us. And Father, we just look to you. We look to you this morning, but we look to you in every moment. God, we want you to have your way. But God, reveal things this morning in our hearts that are there. Maybe things that we don't even recognize that are there. Places of our heart maybe that are hurting. Maybe places of our heart that we've shut doors to and not let you in. God, reveal those places today. And Father, I know that when you reveal things, you reveal them because you want to heal them. And so, Father, I thank you that there is healing that takes place this morning in our natural bodies, physical bodies, but in our hearts, in our soul, in our minds, Father, that there is healing. And I just thank you that our hearts are receptive, that we reach out this morning and touch here. Father, I thank you that there's hunger that rises up this morning. Hunger for the deeper things of you. Father, that there's a call that goes forth this morning for the church, for the army of God to stand back up and to keep on believing. Keep on believing. Father, we're surrendered to your will this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, last week we talked about praying about everything and crying about nothing (laughs) and worrying (laughs) about nothing and and talking about how that seems like an impossibility but it's not because the bible actually says this is what you're supposed to do pray about everything pray about everything stop worrying and i was just talking to uh, the greeters at the front as i was coming in and they were talking about how they recognized throughout their week of the things that they were worrying about and recognizing, wait, if I'm worrying, this means I need to pray. This means I need to pray. This is my my warning sign. Hey, you should pray. And I was saying to them, me too. There was things that I was recognizing all throughout the week. Like, I just preached on this. Why am I worrying about this? Why am I carrying this around? And making an effort to begin to pray, to keep praying about every little thing, no matter how small I think it is in compared to God and all that he's dealing with. He says, hey, it doesn't matter how small it is, pray about everything. Worry about nothing. And so I, I was reading in Romans a couple of days ago and God began to talk to me about something along the same lines, but it's our hope and it's what we're, what we're believing in. So I want to start in 
uh, Genesis. And it's the story of Abraham and Sarah. At the beginning of the story, I know some of you know it, some of you don't know it, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to start kind of at the beginning with them. At the beginning, it talks or calls them Abram and Sarah. Later on, God calls, changes their name and calls them Abraham and Sarah. But So I'm going to call them Abraham and Sarah from the beginning. As we begin to read this, you'll notice his, his name's Abram and she's Sarah. But later on, God changes their name. So we'll start in, in chapter 15. I'll read just a portion of it, and then I'm going to paraphrase most of it. You can read the rest. It's Genesis 15 all the way to Genesis 21, um, but we would be here all day reading if we were to read the whole thing. So I'm going to paraphrase it for you and um, be dramatic. Okay. Chapter 15, chapter 15, verse 1. Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you and your reward will be great. But Abram replied, O oh, sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? Since you've given me no children, Eleazar of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit all my wealth. You have given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. And the Lord said to him, No. Your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, look up at the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. And verse six, key word, and Abraham believed the Lord. And the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. And Abraham believed the Lord. So, Abraham is old in age. And I think that him and Sarah have come to this agreement. We've probably had this conversation like, look, we've been believing, we've been hoping for a baby for a very long time. It's not going to happen. What should we do? The Lord has blessed us. I mean, Abraham had money. He was wealthy. And so the Lord has blessed us. What are we going to do about that? And so they probably had a discussion. You know, Eliezer, he's kind of been with us from the beginning. We like him. He's a great guy. Um, you know, he's kind of like a son. Why don't we give him our inheritance and that will be the one? And Sarah probably, you know what, that's a good idea. Eliezer will be the one. And they, they come to this kind of, what's the word, resolve. Like, it's okay. It's okay. This is, this is just how it is. It's how it's going to happen. And so God shows up like we read and it's like, no, Abraham, that is not the plan of God. The plan of God is that you will have a son. And so Abraham's like, okay, all right, I'll believe, I believe you. And he says, let's go outside, take a look at all the stars, count them if you can. I can't count them. Well, that's how many descendants you will have. What? Okay. Abraham believes the Lord. So then I, then he goes to Sarah again. I'm, I'm paraphrasing all that takes place, but it, it does line up with the scripture. So you can read it later and check me if you want. But Sarah, so he goes to Sarah and he's like, Sarah, God showed up. He showed me some stars and he says, we're going to have a son. And Sarah's like, Abraham, have you been drinking? And he says, no, Sarah, I haven't. Okay, this is not in the word of God, but I'm a pair. I'm really digging deep. Okay, so Abraham no, I haven't been drinking. God showed up and he said, I'm going to have a son. 
I promise you, I, I believe this to my very core, Sarah, this is what's gonna happen. And I think that he, I think that she went away and she's like, I'm not having this discussion. We've talked about this for like 60 years, Abraham. I'm not having this conversation anymore. It hurts too much. And so she goes away and then a couple days later, Abraham's like, I got, man, Sarah, ugh. God showed up. Like, I need you to believe me. Abraham, I don't want to have the conversation. And, and, and I think it kind of went on where finally she's like, okay, okay, no, I believe you. That's fine. Yep. Okay. God showed up. Took her some persuading. God showed up. And so I think that Sarah goes away and she's like, this is impossible. Okay. I believe God showed up. God showed up and said to Abraham, but he didn't say it to me. So maybe Maybe there's another way. Maybe I need to figure this out. Hagar, my servant, she's young and she can have kids. I, I'll propose this to Abraham. And, and, and maybe that's how God's working. Maybe it's, yeah, because it's impossible for me. So maybe if I get Abraham to be with Hagar and Hagar can have his baby and that must be what God meant. And so she goes back to Abraham and she's like, Abraham, I got an idea. I believe you, God showed up to you, you're not dropping it, so okay. Hagar, how about, excuse me, you sleep with Hagar, get her pregnant, that'll be her son. That must be what God meant. And Abraham, I don't know, I, I've thought this through many times, I don't know what he was thinking. But he's like, yeah, okay, let's do that. <laughs> yeah. You can think what you want. <laughs> so Abraham gets with Hagar. They have a son. They name him Ishmael. And there are many issues that come from this uh, that we see later on where, where all of a sudden Hagar's like, yeah, that's right, Sarah. I'm pregnant. You're not. And so this carries on. God shows up again to Abraham. And he's like, Abraham, you're going to have a son. And, and many descendants are going to come forth. And Abraham's like, okay, yeah. Because of Ishmael, right? Is Ishmael? And God's like, no, not Ishmael. Okay, now you have to understand many years are going by, okay? This isn't a matter of weeks. This is years. So he's like, okay. So not Ishmael. God's like, I'll take care of Ishmael, don't you worry. But you and Sarah are going to have a son. You and Sarah. Okay, now, now more years have gone. Now it's actually getting more impossible, but okay, God, okay. So I think he went back to Sarah and he's like, Sarah, God showed up. And she's like, oh my God, Abraham. Now years have, now more years have gone by and you're still on this. You have Ishmael, be happy. And he's like, no, no, Sarah, God showed up for real, for real, for real. And so a little bit later, Abraham's hanging out outside his house, playing the guitar. He's writing some songs and Sarah's in the kitchen. They just had lunch. And Sarah's in the kitchen. She's doing the dishes. Abraham's not helping. And she'll be talking to him about that later. But he's, he, so she's in the kitchen doing dishes. And Abraham's playing a song. And he sees these men walking towards him. It's the Lord's coming to him to talk to him. And he says, Abraham, 
by this time next year, you will have a baby with Sarah next year. Understanding that now this, the, the Lord is showing up to say, like the promise is this close. Within the next three months, she has to be pregnant for that baby to be born within the year. So it's this close, Abraham, it's happening. And Sarah's in the kitchen washing the dishes and she's listening and she hears the Lord say this to Abraham, by this time next year, that baby's gonna be here. And the Bible says she laughs within herself. <laughs> and the Lord says, why'd you laugh, Sarah? And she's like, I, <laughs> I didn't laugh. <laughs> I was, there was something on TV and they were funny and I just like, oh. And the Lord says to her, oh, but you did laugh. But you did laugh. I think that, and, and I've preached this before, I think that was a moment where he was revealing what was in her heart. And I think that there was some steps that Sarah took to be like, okay, am I gonna believe God or not? because we come to Genesis 21 and in Genesis 21, the very first verse, it says, the Lord kept his word and did for Sarah exactly, exactly, exactly what he had promised. She became pregnant and she gave birth to a son for Abraham in his old age. This happened just the time God said it would. This happened just the time that God, just at the time that God said it would. Not late, not early, just at the very time God said it would. And it said he kept his word. It happened as he said it would and just at the right time. And then Abraham named their son Isaac. Let's go to Romans. So a couple days ago, I'm sitting there and I'm reading Romans. And the, the chapter four of Romans, it talks about Abraham. It's the whole chapter talking about Abraham and the life of Abraham. And these are some of the verses that jumped out at me as I was reading. Well, there was lots, but in chapter four of verse 17, it says, that is what the scriptures mean when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. Talking about Abraham. I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. God said, I will make you the father of many nations. And then the Bible says this happened because Abraham believed. He believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Then verse 18, even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept on hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. Why? for God had said to him. Even when there was no reason for him to hope, like 
There is, it's done. Abraham, over, done. Don't hope. I keep on hoping. Why? Because God said. Because I believe in a God that brings dead things to life. I believe in a God who can make something out of nothing. So I hold on to hope. And, and I began to think about us. I began to think about the, the, the seasons that we've been in and the things that we've gone through. I was talking to my son the other day and he said, uh, I, he probably heard it somewhere. Mom, you know, my generation. <laughs> you know, mom, in this generation. Um, there's just so much that, that's going on. There's always something some disaster, something happening. And, and I was like, you're right. When I was a kid, like, I think there was one war that really didn't even affect us. Or I mean, as a child, it didn't affect me that much. But now they, they've seen in this short little bit, they go from one thing to the next. They've seen riots and then we went through COVID and still going through that. We see, then you see all the natural disasters that are happening. This is their world. But this is our world too. And things have changed. And, and so even just in our, in our broad, our, our life shared together, but then there's our personal lives too and the things that we're going through and things that seem that have come to an end and relationships that have ended and, and, and things that are just going on constantly, constantly. And I began to wonder where your hope was at. What were you believing? What am I believing? Where's my hope? What have I let go of? And I felt like the Lord would encourage us today just as he would to say, hey, don't worry, pray. That he would encourage us to say, where's your hope? Even when it looks like you should stop hoping, keep on hoping. Keep on hoping. I started to look back at Sarah and what are some of the decisions or some of the things that happened with Sarah when she heard the word that she would carry a son one of the things we saw is she tried to make it happen she tried to to orchestrate how God was going to work how he was going to make it happen how she was going to make it happen because it seemed like he wasn't going to make it happen because she was old. This is an impossibility. And so she goes and devises her own plan, makes it work, and then she complicates the whole thing. Now it's complicated. Now she's got her servant who's mocking her, who later on, if you read in the word, she goes to Abraham, Sarah does, goes to Abraham, and she's like, you better deal with that problem over there. That woman, she's your problem, deal with it. Or I'm gonna deal with it. And you don't wanna see that, Abraham. So Abraham has to deal with the situation and, and actually has to like remove her. <laughs> and you know, God takes care of her and all those things, but, but she complicates the promise. And I thought, how many times do we do that? Where we think, where God gives us this promise and he's like, this is what I'm gonna do. These are the things I'm gonna work out for you. And then we were like, okay, well that seems impossible. So I better step in and intervene. And then we complicate it. I, I was thinking about that and I was thinking about a time where, <clears throat> um, where 
where we needed extra money. And so I went and got a second job. And I mean, I was working like round the clock. I would work um, all day. I had a full-time job and then I had a full-time night job and I'd get home at three or four in the morning and then I would do it again, get up at eight and, 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 and go back to work. And it was constant. And, and the more that I did it, the farther away I got from God, the farther away I got from my family. And then all of a sudden what began to happen was a breakdown in my life, a breakdown in my marriage, a breakdown in my relationship with God. Why? Because I tried to intervene. I'll fix it. And you complicate it. Issues arise. And I wonder how many of us in in holding on to the promise decided in our own life, I'll fix it, God. I'll make the promise happen. Don't you worry. I got this. And he's like, that's it. No. No. That's how he said it to Abraham, right? We got, well, Ishmael, right, God? No, not Ishmael. (laughs) And, and, And we're doing this, creating our own Ishmaels in our life because we're trying to work it out ourselves. And then I think of Sarah, and she's hearing the angel come and be like, it's, it's so close, it's so, so close. And within the year, within the year, and she laughs. And I wondered about how many of us do that. Where God says, this is what I'm going to do for you. Or he said it. Or, or there's something in your heart that says, yes, I, I want to believe this. But yet we kind of scoff at it, laugh at it. It's, it's an impossibility. It's how are you even going to make it work? It's been so long. All of the things. And instead of holding on to hope, like Abraham said, even when there was no hope, I held on to it. That we drop it. When pigs fly, when hell freezes over, or I'll see, we'll see, we'll see if it happens. That's not holding on to hope. There's a place that we go beyond it is that I am holding on to hope. I am believing. Why? Because God said. Because God said. That there's a place that I can go beyond that, that it doesn't matter what you say to me, what they say to me, what the world says to me, what maybe even common sense says to me, whatever it is, I'm holding on because God said. What the situation looks like, what I've lost, it doesn't matter. I'm holding on because God said. And I thought of my own self in many times where it's like, or even just like, huh, I don't want to believe anymore. That's nice you say those things, God. <laughs> and we let go of the promise because maybe you despise it. Maybe you think you don't deserve it. Maybe it seems too big, too far out there. And then I thought of, not necessarily Sarah, but I I was drawn to this story of Naaman. Naaman was a, um, I can't think of the word, but he was like a big shot. He was a commander, that was the word. Big shot, 
well-known, done a lot of things, close to the king, like he was a big deal. A lot of people knew him, influential man, did a lot of big things, carried a lot of weight wherever he lived, just like Naaman. But Naaman got leprosy, leprosy. Like, I think the worst thing you could get back then. Because now you have to be separated from other people. Like, this is it. It's like the end. It just kind of, we have to separate you until you die. Because it's highly contagious, all these things, right? And so Naaman gets leprosy. And he hears from his servant girl that there is a prophet who I think can help you. And so Naaman goes to the prophet, arranges it. The prophet knows he's coming. And he knocks on the door and a servant answers the door. He's like, yes, I'm Naaman. You might have heard of me before. And the servant's like, right, okay, I'll, I will go let the prophet know. And so he goes back and he's like, Naaman's here. And the prophet's like, cool, tell him, um, go dip in the river, do it seven times. He'll come up and it'll be good. And so the servant's like, okay. Comes back, he's like, Naaman, um, prof the prophet said he wants you just to go into the river and dip in it. Do it seven times. There you go. Have a good day. And he shuts the door. And Naaman's like, excuse me? <laughs> Does he not know who I, the prophet's not even going to come out to see me? And then he's going to ask me to dip in some dirty river when I could have just dipped in the, the lakes and the oceans and the rivers by where I live. They're cleaner than here. And so I show up, this is the kind of greeting I get and this is what you're asking of me. And Naaman, he's ticked off. He's like, forget it. No, I'm not doing it. And he starts to go away until someone's like, listen, Naaman, you gotta do what the prophet says. Just do it, Naaman. And Naaman does it and he gets healed. But I thought about it and I thought, how many times in holding on to the hope and believing in God that we get ticked off? that it doesn't look like how we wanted it to look. When we wanted it to happen, how we wanted it to happen. Naaman in this moment almost forfeits his healing because he's offended by the process. I thought it should look like this, it should be like this. This is how I had it planned out and it didn't turn out, forget it. And wondering how many of us have even done this in our life where God shows up and he's like, hold on, this is the promise I have for you. And we're like, okay, this is the promise. It'll look like this. It'll come through these people. It'll be, it'll be like this. It'll happen at this time. This will be perfect. Perfect, God. I've got it. It looks good. And it doesn't happen. And we're like, what's the point? And God's like, wait, wait, wait. No, my plan's bigger. My plan's better. Nope. Didn't happen the way I wanted it to. I'm not going to hold on anymore. And we, and we let go of it because we're offended. And I wonder how many of us are offended that we were holding on to the promise. We, we were holding on to it, but it just didn't turn out in the timing that I thought it should or the way that I thought I should. And, or there was a process that you wanted me to go through and I just don't want to. For Naaman, 
one of the things, one of his processes that he had to deal with was his pride. Did you know that pride blocks blessing? Sometimes there's, there's, there's processes that God wants us to go through so that we can receive the blessing. But, but we get offended in the meantime. I've been offended. I've been offended at the process probably more than I've been offended at God's timing. I, I, I shouldn't say that. I, I watch, yeah. <laughs> I can wait for things I was going to say. But the process sometimes is what gets frustrating. How much more do I got to go through? Abraham and Sarah, they went through a process. And then the other one I was thinking of is we think we don't deserve it. And so we don't even hold on to hope because I don't think that I'm deserving of that. That's nice, God. Thank you. But I, I don't deserve it. And we talked about this. We talked about this last week. Why does she talk about that so much? Because it creeps in. It creeps in all the time. It creeps in in my life. When I sit down with people, there's this thing that's, well, I'm not good enough. Why would God want to bless me? And there's this, there's this thing that, that thinking holds us back from going to a loving father, all the time it does. It's, I'm not even deserving to go and sit because I need to fix myself up. And the crazy thing about it, that's exactly what the enemy would do. It's exactly what he would do. Because the thing is, is the more that you go to your father, the more that you look at him, the more you see yourself. The more that you recognize I am who he says I am. And you, you begin to align your life with that. I remember when I was working in the, in the bar and uh, you know, into all kinds of drugs and all of those things and I would hear the father say to me all the time, all the time, and he just wouldn't relent, like it was just constant. This is not who you are. This is not who you are. And sometimes you'd be like, but this is who I want to be. <laughs> this is not who you are. This is not who you are. This is not who you are. Until eventually it was like uh, saying to my friends, this is not who I am. It's like, what do you mean this is not who you are? This is not who I am. I got to go. I got to go. And I begin to align my life with who the Father says that I am. And the enemy would try to hold you back from that place try to separate you from him so that you can't hear the father say this is who you are this is what I've called you to do this is the promise that I have for your life
we have this thing in us that says, I don't deserve, I don't deserve it. But God's promises aren't about what you deserve. Otherwise, we'd get none of those promises. <laughs> and it's a promise. Think about that. It's a promise. Okay, let's read this verse again. So he says, I have made you the father of many nations, and this happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. And even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept on hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. Even when It seems like I should not be hoping at all. I am believing in restoration for my family. I am believing for the restoration of my children. I am believing for the restoration of my family. Even though they've cut me off, even though we're not talking anymore, I am believing. I'm not letting go of that. I'm going to hold on to it. I am believing that there's a turnaround coming in my life. I am believing for my healing. I'm not letting it go. It's a promise. Even when it seems like there should be no, I'm believing. I am believing for this. I will not let it go. No matter what it feels like, no matter what they say, no matter what I hear, no matter what, I am believing. I am holding on to hope because there is a God that I serve, that I know, who says I bring dead things back to life. If there's nothing, I'll make something out of it. I am believing in that. I don't know how he'll do it. I don't know how he'll turn it around because it seems impossible, but I'm going to get myself out of the way and I'm going to hold on. Hold on, hold on. So then he says, I'm believing that he would become the father of many nations for God had said. That's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken. Even though, even though, at about a hundred years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead. And so was Sarah's womb. I love that because it says, he figured. That means that he was sitting there at some point in time, drinking his coffee, having, having a conversation with himself, and he came to the conclusion, okay, Abraham, you're a hundred years old. Your body is as good as dead. So he figured it. So he had to think it. He had to think it through like, all right, there's really nothing you can do about this now. And it says his faith grew stronger in that moment. Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though 
At about a hundred years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead. I don't know what your even though is, but I know that there are many of us here that have that, that even though, I'm looking at this situation, I'm looking at my finances, I'm looking at my health, I'm looking at my, I'm looking at the world, or I don't know, I don't know what it is. I'm looking at the things that are around me. I'm looking at things that God has promised me and it's been years and years and years and I don't even want to revisit it. Even though I've considered it, I'm thinking about it, I recognize it. That I don't know how this would even work out. I don't even know. But my faith is not going to weaken in this because God has said. Then he says, Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. Verse 21, he was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. I am fully convinced. I'm fully convinced that God is able to do whatever it is that he promises. I laughed when I read it because I felt like the Holy Spirit said to me that it says, He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. And I felt like the Holy Spirit said to me, not that you are able to do whatever God promises. (laughs) I am fully convinced that I can make this happen, God. (laughs) He says, no, no, that you are fully convinced that God can make happen whatever he promises. And I felt like the Lord wanted to encourage you today as the church, but whatever it is that you've let go of. I I even, as I was praying, had a picture of somebody just sitting on a couch and just almost came to this resolve within yourself that it's like, I'm tired, I'm done, it's cool, it's fine. I don't know how long you want me to believe, or maybe you're like Sarah, like, I don't wanna keep bringing this up again. Abraham, please stop. felt like the Lord speak to his church to say, hey, don't, don't lose your hope. Don't lose your hope. Pick it back up. Pick it back up. And if all you can say is I am fully convinced that God can make it happen. I'm fully convinced. I don't know how. I'm not even going to let my head go there. Sometimes that's the problem. We let our head go there and then we blow our own minds. His thoughts are not your thoughts. His ways are not your ways. You know, I heard, um, I heard someone say this one time and this just literally was like, wow. And I hope that I can even do it justice the way that they said it, but God doesn't think like we think. When we think, our thoughts are usually in questions or in wondering. God doesn't wonder. He knows. God doesn't have questions. 
Mickey knows. And so I can hold on to the promise that says, I am fully convinced. I am fully convinced that he can do it. One last scripture verse, Psalms 27, uh, verse 3. Though the mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I am attacked, I will remain confident. I will remain. I was reading this in the summertime and the Lord said, what do you remain in, Megan? Are you remaining in doubt? Are you remaining in unforgiveness? Are you remaining in your offense that it's not working? Are you remaining, where are you remaining? Are you remaining in bitterness? Where, where is your heart at? Where are you remaining? Or are you remaining in confidence? Remaining in that place of hope believing that the Lord has said that I will remain no matter what no matter what it looks like no matter what it no matter what it sounds like no matter what the world around me does there's this place where I stand and say doesn't matter it doesn't matter it doesn't matter I'm hoping in God I'm hoping in God do you stand with me please Father, I just pray over every person in this place. And God, I know that you know every single person here. You see every, every single person, you know their hearts, you know their lives, and I know that you love them like crazy. And it's no accident that they're here at this moment listening to these words that you have come and said I want to renew that place that you have let go of I want to renew that hope and so father today I pray over every person that there's a strengthening that happens that faith rises once again in their heart and in their lives and in that there's a strengthening that takes place that says I am rooted and I am grounded in God I don't need to be shaken and I don't need to be moved because I know what God said I thank you that every person here and listening online picks back up that hope that hope for a restoration. I just, as I was praying this morning, I, I could hear the cry of a mother. The longing of a mother. Saying, I don't even, I don't even know. I don't even know what to pray. I don't even know what to say. I don't, 
even know. And I heard the Lord say, hold on to hope. That's what you do. You hold on to hope. I have given you those children as a promise. Hold on. I hear somebody that's really struggling with their mental health right now. Like you are getting bombarded on every side. And you feel like you're losing, you're losing the battle. I don't even know how to get out of this. And I hear the Lord say to you, hold on to hope that your words would be, the Lord will get me through this. I'm coming through this. I'm coming through this. I'm coming through this. If that's all that you can utter, it's all that you can get out, that's okay. God will get me through this. He's coming through. I'm getting through this. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And then I hear someone's, in, in their heart, I just hear them saying, that's a great, great message, except for what I see staring at me in the face. That's great for all of these other people, but you don't know what I'm facing. And I hear God say, yeah, I do. I absolutely do. That's why you're here. For you, the word is, I will make a way where there seems to be no way. And the Lord says, you say that. He will make a way for me where there seems to be no way. He will open up doors. He will make new roads. He will do whatever he has to do. But for me, he's making a way where there seems to be no way. And I feel that there's some brokenness this morning in the midst of, in midst of the pain of believing and hoping and the disappointment, disappointment. And understand that the Lord sees that too. The Lord knows that too. you're like I did hope I, I did hope and I still lost and I heard the Lord say that I want to if you will let me I want to bring new life out of that barrenness out of that brokenness out of that pain if you will surrender that to me I would love to show you what I can bring from that. And as I was praying this morning, I, I, I really felt like there was a strengthening that was taking place in the body. That it was like you were becoming armed up. That there was, 
many of us that were walking down and, and our, our shoulders were hunched over. We weren't even looking up. We were exhausted and we were tired. And it's been years of me trying and hoping and believing. And I heard the Lord just come and kind of straighten us back up and say, look to me. Keep hoping. Keep hoping. I have not left you. I have not forgot about you. I have not changed my promise. I didn't stop the promise. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. So I just release that over every person here, Father God. And I thank you that today is a day of new hope. Today is a day where we pick it back up. The promises that you have spoken over our lives, the things that have seemed to gone and die, Father, I thank you that new life comes forth from it in the name of Jesus. And Father, I thank you that those that have even forgot the promises, that they are being reminded of them today in Jesus' name. And I thank you that there is a strengthening in our minds, in our bodies, in our souls today. And there's an excitement that's being birthed in our hearts again to be able to run in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information about Embassy Church, visit our website at embassychurch.ca.